Hey, 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 y'all, just real quick before we play this episode. But if you're considering applying for the 2025, oh my gosh, 2025 cohort of Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program for professionals who support and work with parents, I want you to head over to robingobel.com slash being with right now and get your name on the waiting list. We're going to do applications and registration a little differently this year because of the already overwhelming interest in the 2025 cohort. So we're going to open applications up first only to folks on the waiting list. That means in order to be one of our early applicants, we need you to sign up on that waiting list before June 25th. RobinGobel.com slash being with, and I'll get that link down in the show notes as well. Alrighty, here's the episode. Hello, hello. Hey, friends. It's me, Robin Goebel. I am your host of the Parenting After Trauma podcast, a podcast where together we take the science of being relationally, socially, and behaviorally human, and we try to make sense of it. If you're tuning in for the first time and aren't quite sure if the word trauma applies to you in your family, I do hope you'll take a risk and stick around. My two decades of clinical experience, meaning I was a therapist for two decades. <laughs> and during that time, in addition to serving clients and families, I studied, studied, studied so hard the science of relationships and the field of interpersonal neurobiology and the expanding field of relational neuroscience. And so my experience has largely been in support of families who are caring for kids who have been impacted by complex trauma. But we realized along the way that what we talk about actually applies to pretty much all families, but especially families of kids who have a vulnerable nervous system for any reason, not just trauma. So in September, my first book called Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, Brain Body Sensory Strategies That Really Work. Yep, it's a mouthful, lots of words. <laughs> that book is being published in September by Jessica Kingsley Publishers. And I worked really hard. I fought really hard to get the word baffling in the title because it's a word that seems to have really resonated with y'all. I don't remember when I started using the word baffling, but it I didn't have like a grand plan around using the word baffling and the and the word baffling being becoming such a part of the experience of the work that I do. But y'all have let me know that the word baffling fits, right? Like we're so baffled by our kids' behaviors. And that means that oftentimes we end up being baffled by our own as well. But What I know in my core after studying relational neuroscience and being in the room and having people in my own personal life with very baffling behaviors, right, as well as myself, what I know is 
all behavior makes sense, right? Especially the ones that don't. So that's what we do here on this podcast. We decode those most baffling behaviors, your kids' baffling behaviors, your baffling behaviors. And who knows, maybe this helps you with your best friend or your partner or, you know, just some other person in your life. And you're like, oh, this applies to all of that. When we decode those most baffling behaviors, we end up being able to parent more the way that we want to. We we end up being able to show up in whatever that relationship is more the way that we want to because we're bringing coherence to it. We're, we're making sense. So today's podcast guest is such a super special treat for both me and for you. I've known of my guest, Carrie Conti, for, oh, gosh, y'all, probably close to two decades, at least 17 years, because that's old my son is. And that's my overt memory of first hearing the name Carrie Conti was when I was preparing to be a mom. Carrie was living in Austin when I was a brand new mama. And those of us that were in the Austin attachment parenting community were really kind of turning to and keyed into Carrie's wisdom as a pre and perinatal psychologist. And in fact, while Carrie and I were talking, I, I remembered that because of her way back when I had actually researched going back to school for the same degree that she has, this PhD in pre and perinatal psychology, which I obviously did not end up doing, but I was so inspired by the work that she was doing that I was exploring these different paths. All the time that we lived together in Austin, our worlds never crossed directly. And she moved away from Austin a few years before I did, before we ever had a chance to meet. We had many, many, many mutual clients and friends and colleagues. And she's always done a lot of parent coaching and I was working directly with kids. And so it was just inevitable that our, you know, paths would cross, but again, we never actually met. So wildly enough, this podcast is actually our first time meeting. Neither of us knew quite exactly what we were getting into. And y'all get to listen to our friendship and our delight in one another just unfold naturally in real time. Carrie and I talk about the power of really, truly seeing our kids for for who they are, especially kids with these most vulnerable nervous systems who frankly just have a lot of ways of trying to distract us from their core preciousness and core goodness. Carrie and I have a conversation that takes some twists and some turns and we didn't work from a a script or an outline at all. And you'll even hear a moment where I ask Carrie a question that she's not quite prepared for. And so she pauses and we just connect through that pause and through our our breath before she thoughtfully goes forward to explore the topic of grief. So y'all, it is my absolute delight to introduce you to Carrie Conti and her ideas about not parenting. 
Carrie, it is so wonderful to have you with me on the podcast today. Welcome and thank you for being here. It is my absolute pleasure, Robin. This is a treat. So thank you. It's unbelievable. We have not done this before. That's how I feel. I'm so excited. Yeah. And I'm excited to share what I can with your community. Oh, me too. So for everyone listening, Carrie and I both were in Austin together. At the same time, we overlapped when we lived there and had many mutual acquaintances and colleagues, but never actually connected. So our paths have gone totally separate places and we've both left Austin and and here we are finally getting to connect on Zoom. This is great. Let's just start with telling my listeners about you. I'd love to. So um, my path is a little bit different than a lot of people, although it sounds like you have a sort of similar path. I just was born out of the womb with a passion for children and babies and hanging out with families. So from the time I was seven, when I got my hands on the first little tiny human that I could get my hands on, it was a neighbor had a baby and I was the third of three. My parents were done, but I wanted to be around babies and we moved to a new town and this woman came to welcome us with her little three-year-old and she was pregnant and my eyes lit up and then she invited us over and I got to hold him as a seven-year-old and it was like an electric current sort of kicked on in my being. And I was like, well, this is what I'm here to do. I didn't know what that meant. I thought, oh, I'll be a pediatrician. And so as a kid, I was like, oh, I'm going to, people would say, what are you going to be when you grow up? Oh, I'm going to be a pediatrician. And it was really because I just wanted to be around babies, I thought, but really it was the moms I enjoyed. And so went off to college, didn't feel like I wanted to study science. I was drawn more toward psychology. And then I went toward midwifery and I was going to be a midwife. That's what took me to Austin. I was like, oh, well, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to grad school for it. Let me go see about lay midwifery. So went to Austin in the mid nineties and, um, that wasn't it. I worked at a birthing center for a bit and it was like, oh, I am 23. I'm not equipped spiritually to be a midwife. Like, what was I even thinking? But it did kind of reinvigorate this passion. So I found a program at UT in health promotion and I went ahead and studied while I was there, uh, basically early family wellness and what does it mean to, you know, you know, I was very aware that by that point that there was so much people were undoing in adulthood. And I had this question in my mind of like, well, what, what if we didn't have to undo so much? Uh, what if there was more parents had about human development that allowed them to both support and get out of their kid's way. Like it's kind of that paradox of like, yes, you need to be there and to guide. And you also have to be aware of like, this is their journey. And so that's a delicate dance, especially when parents are experiencing challenging stuff with their humans. Um, but anyway, I went, I was, did my master's. Then I went off to California and got a PhD in a field called pre and perinatal psychology and then um, was finishing that, but knew I wanted to go back to Austin. So I moved back to Austin and started working with families prenatally during toddlerhood. And, you know, they their kids got older, so my work just kept growing. So now, 
you know, I kind of a full service. I work online, but I offer programs from before birth through teenhood. And um, it really like it's all informed both by my just innate passion for all of this and my curiosity about just what is it to be human and to care for humans as they grow and develop as a human yourself while you're doing that. And also all that I've studied and my program was very holistic and very comprehensive around like the, the, the hub of the wheel um, being that we're conscious. We don't arrive, not who we are. We are who we are. And it's an unfolding of into life and experience and learning how to operate this machine, but always knowing that the, the essence of that person, that isness is there. And so no matter what I'm doing, if I'm sharing stuff about the brain or if I'm sharing just a bigger view of, of familyhood, um, it's really all coming from this bigger place of like, you're not parenting. And I have a podcast called Not Parenting. You're really developing as a human while your people are developing and while you're developing these relationships. I love that. And, you know, I'm thinking about the parents that I work with and this duality of exactly what you're just saying, like they're at the essence of who their child is. And then the families that I work with, you know, their kids have such enormous behaviors that it's so slippery to hold on to that. Yet it's so important. I mean, so crucially important or we run this risk of getting stuck in what actually starts to feel, I think, a little bit objectifying and a little bit dehumanizing, right? When we get really stuck in these, you know, like behavior response, behavior response, how do I help my kid stop having these out of control behaviors, which I totally get why parents get really focused on that and, and feel really desperate yes. to yes. get these behaviors to stop it makes perfect sense. And I think if there's some way that parents can attend to that reality, like there's these big behaviors that we really do have to deal with while also not losing this piece that you're talking about, which is, and at their core, who is my child? So let's talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. I love that. So my PhD in pre meaning before birth and perinatal meaning around birth was really um, a par- it's a paradigm shift. And, you know, most of us weren't raised in the mil- in the mindset that you, don- you don't get a blank slate. You don't get a baby. I don't even use the words. I, I, I'm careful not to use the words baby, toddler, child, teen, because to me that takes away from the human that is already the being, not even the human, the being that's in there who, you know, it's like you, you don't arrive as a blank slate. There's a, there's a whole essence of a being in that little tiny body. And that little tiny body is so vulnerable and so immature and is not wired yet. And so it's like they arrive in this little creature form, but they're in there and they're always in there. And 
yes, it's easy to just see the behavior because it's so triggering and it can be so scary at times. But when you can remember that you're not making them who they are, mm-hmm. you're just figuring out how you can grow yourself and stretch yourself to hold that this person is who they are. And yes, there's plenty you can do to work with the behavior. But if you hold the mindset of, A, I'm not making them who they are, they are who they are. And B, I have to, you know, I have to be aware of my own self and my beingness if I really want to get there with them and be in in attunement with them. Um it changes and it doesn't always make it easier, but it offers a broader container for the experience that you're having, which can seem almost untenable at times. Oh my gosh. It does seem untenable at times. And I've got so much awareness of, of how hard it can be to keep our feet in both places right? This right. Oh, I know. total chaos. What do I do to get this behavior to stop? Right. Well, and yeah, like it's dangerous. It's scary. Absolutely. And also how do I trust that underneath all of this is a perfectly precious, amazing human because we all are. Right. And, and to, and and when we can click into that, even if it's in micro moments, you know, you're they're lay they're sleep in bed and you have a moment of like, okay, like walking into their room and just seeing their little self like asleep, sometimes that's the, the time. Or, you know, maybe you're in the car and they say something funny and that you haven't heard, and and it's like that, like you're stringing beads on a necklace of moments. Because if you try to hold on to making sense of that human's experience in the broader perspective, without really seeing the path as it on, un- because the path, the arc is long. Like you know, we human development. It's a long process and you have to have a lot of faith. And when you're in situations where the behavior is not typical, let's say, uh, it can be really hard to have faith in the unfolding of that human. It just would be very hard. So if you can go for the micro, do- the, like you're micro dosing it, you're just like stringing a little Oh, that was a sweet little thing. Oh, let me look for the good stuff. Oh, let me remember to appreciate. Oh, right, right, right. I, I, I don't know this person's path. I can't, you know, a lot of it is keeping yourself in the present moment and really having that compassion for what you're experiencing and what they're experiencing. Because the minute you go too far out or even back and think, what could I have done differently? You're, you're, you're going to get flustered. You're going to get thrown off because mainly your nervous system is probably just pretty jangled a lot of the time. Oh yeah. Jangled. I'm sure everybody's nodding going, yes, jangled. And that's still an understatement, but our own man, are we, are, you know, as our nervous systems just totally, totally tied up. Yeah. I'm thinking about this, you know, as parents holding onto this truth about, mm-hmm just the 
just the core goodness, the core humanness and how there comes a point where if we really want to like lean into that about our kids, especially our really struggling kids, we kind of have to be open to believing those things about ourselves. Yeah, totally. And that's where the work gets really good. Yeah. This person shows up and I, you know, I mean, I joke about it, but part of me is like, maybe I'm onto something. I, I think it's more helpful when we think about all of us being our own little, our own little species. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that's not how we think about our humanness, but like, what if you are traveling with a being that has never existed and they're trying to figure out life on earth and you're trying to figure out life on earth with them. And in my, like when I talk about not like I, I use it as a double entendre. I mean, like, okay, what if we stopped thinking we're parenting, that you're not N-O-T parenting, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. developing a relationship with a human um, and that takes time and energy and it's confusing at times. But the K-N-O-T, the not, mm-hmm. the tangle is out using the experiences that you have with these humans to grow yourself that in a way maybe they're they're here to grow and stretch us and our capacity to love and our capacity to hold intensity and our capacity to regulate ourselves more than we're even able to do that for them and that might sound a little wacky but that's what i mean by like okay here's this person in a way you're probably i would imagine most of the people that are listening you've cultivated skills in yourself for better or for worse, but probably for a lot better that you may not have ever tapped into your resilience, your passion, your love, your care. You may have never excavated that aspect of yourself had this exact human not shown up in your life. Absolutely. Okay. I love this thing you floated out. Like what if we imagined us all as our own unique species. And I especially love imagining kind of holding that in the both and with the complete opposite, which is we're all the same. Like we're all connected and we're all the same, but I love that. What if we were all imagining each other with like, when I heard you say that, what I felt in my body was like that level of awe and that level of curiosity Yes. And this like, tell me about you. Let me learn all about you and try and as much as humanly possible, which isn't very much actually to be free of my own projections, like of who I want you to be. Exactly. And, and that I think, I mean, this is what I'm imagining. And I've worked with a lot of parents that have had challenging humans that arrive in their life. Some of it's the intensity of the human but a lot of what goes on is the reaction to the world out there who are reacting or perceived reaction yeah. of the of the person who might act differently or operate differently and to me like what the way you just said what you said of like what what is it to have those moments of awe of like okay you're not like all the others you're you And what if we all operated with that awareness of like, yeah, we're all fundamentally of the same, you know, stardust. Mm -hmm. 
And then the human experience is all different. And there's never another one like that one. And what if we did live in a world where we celebrated not, you know, we still gave people support and help, but we also honored like, oh, wow, this one's a like, what if we had a word for like, oh, you got a real like, you got a guru, like you got a you got a high level like wow, you're on a ride with them. Like that is an honor. I mean, it doesn't feel like that, but that what if, you know, as a society, we honored that experience more and we didn't look and we didn't, you know, we gave people more grace around, like nobody knows what they're doing. Everybody's figuring it out. And when you add on this other layer of intensity, it's like, I wish we could hold, I mean, that's what you're doing. And that's what I love about what your work is about. It's like, we need to hold these humans. We need to hold the people holding the humans who are having the big experiences. Yes, because the the grownups are, I, I mean, I think the parents of the kids that I work with are on the forefront of like changing the world. And Agreed. I have, I, one time I had somebody say to me like, oh my gosh, that feels like too big of a burden for this burden we already have. Like we're already doing so much because of our kids. And, and I really appreciated that feedback because I'd never thought of it that way. And the parents that I know are doing it anyway. Exactly. They're already doing this. Exactly. What would it feel like if what we saw about what we're doing, like the bigness that these parents are being stretched to yes, because yes. of the bigness of their kids, which they these parents are like, well, I did not ask for this. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> I get that. I completely right. get that. But also it is real. It's happening. So what if, and it's stretching them. I mean, and that's, that's the truth. Yeah. Yes. What if, go ahead. I want to hear that. Well, like, what if both got to be true? Like you didn't ask for this and you don't actually even want it and you have to do it. You are doing it. You know, there's no have right. to, I guess, but you are doing it. Right. And what would it change? Like what your, what would your relationship change to what you are doing? Like the moment to moment unfolding of your life. If you also like looked at it in this kind of bigger way. It's not just about me and this kid. Right. It's about, you know, capacity and energy. And, and I think like what we can learn as a community, like as a global community from these parents who are showing up and doing this every day. I just, am like, it would solve. I think it would solve every problem almost in the whole right? world. I mean, a lot of them, because that is some unconditional, energetic and love expression. You know, like that's the thing about parenting is it's one of the only, maybe it is the only place in our life where you don't know who you're getting. So you're not, cho- it's not like a partner where you're choosing them, you just get who you get. Yep. You are on a ride with another being and you don't just get to break up or divorce. I mean, I know people do, but in general, the people listening here, you're choosing every single day to show up for these humans. And that is going to stretch you so differently and build so much more capacity than somebody who has like, doesn't have those challenges 
or is in just other kinds of relationships where you're like, yeah, this isn't going to work out. I think I need to move on. Like, really, we you don't. That is such a unique relationship to be in. Hey, y'all, I'm interrupting the show super briefly. I want to make sure you've heard about the Families Rising Conference. Families Rising was, is formerly NACAC. So maybe you've been to the NACAC conference. You don't know that they're now Families Rising. So Families Rising is the formerly NACAC conference. It is one of my absolute most favorite conferences because of the super amazing people who attend. Everyone has this like shared mission for helping our most vulnerable kids and improving child welfare practices, listening to the voices of those with the lived experience. And I'm so, 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 so honored to be keynoting this year's conference. This conference is offered virtually every other year, which increases accessibility and people's ability to attend, especially affordably. And it is this year that it's virtual. So you can attend this conference from anywhere. Head to robingobel.com slash families rising to get all the details and send me a message if you're planning to attend. All right, back to the episode. I love how you just said, because I think it's real easy to lose sight of this, that we're choosing every moment to do it. Because and the, truly, a lot of parents I work with, they feel really stuck and trapped. And it does, they, they say things to me like, if another adult treated me like this, or if I was in a relationship with another adult who had behaviors like this, maybe it's not, doesn't feel personal, but just had behaviors like this, right. I would not stay in this relationship. This is not a relationship right. that I would make space for in my life. And so there can be this sense of, I'm, we're stuck. Mm-hmm. And while I absolutely appreciate like why it feels like that, I think for these parents listening to, to see that actually you're making a choice. Like every day, every moment, every time you choose to go back to this child, every time you choose to try to see like what's underneath, it, it's a choice. And I feel like if it's helpful to see it that way, because it can feel so much more empowering instead of that like stuck, almost kind of victim, what can feel like very victimizing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree. And I think when, yeah, when our nervous systems are jangled, like actually either physically by hitting or throwing or Mm -hmm. just words or like just the chaos, the chaos that can ensue with a dysregulated human in your midst all the time. Um, it's, it's, it's easy to go there. Like your, your resources are so depleted that it's so easy to go to a place where you do not have a perspective on like the bigger picture of this. And that's why having a community or having a podcast or whatever you and I are offering it might be a drop in the bucket, but if there's any little like bit of like, here, take my heart for a moment, like feel, feel my care and my love and my compassion and not like in a sympathy way, right. 
or not even empathy, but like actual compassion, which to me is like, that's the awe of, wow, look at the bigness of life you are experiencing on this planet right now in your home. Like that's big, that's big humanhood going on. I know this is not where you and I plan to go in this conversation. What I'm about to say is not, but I'm based on everything you've just said, I want to talk to you about how you work with families about the grief that's underneath. Like, Mm. this isn't what I'd planned. Right. I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah. I think that when people, let me think for, let me just feel that for a second because I really get that. That that's such a um like I wonder, and maybe you've done this. I don't know if this is like a part of your book, but I wonder if anybody has really sort of mapped out the stages of grief of family not life not being the vision that one had for it, and what that process of releasing that and making peace or at least allowing for it to be what it is outside of like, I mean, that seems, um, I mean, I think just people give being given permission to grieve and, 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 and allowed to believe like, yeah, that wasn't, this is not what you expected. It wasn't anything that, you saw coming. It wasn't anything that you understood because it wasn't what your experiences were. Um, Like I feel like each generation comes in and there's a level of like in amping up that, that on a spiritual level is about growing us and that grieving and releasing and accepting like, okay, well, here's where we are. Here's where we are today. That might be a daily, if not hourly practice. And I feel like I don't have like a formula for it, but I think offering somebody that perspective of like, it's actually okay to feel every feeling that you feel around this circumstance that you're in. And if that is grief or fear or anger, like let it through and do that in a way that doesn't put it on your people, but it honors that it's in there, that you got so rattled by this experience, either when it first sort of started showing up or in the lived day-to-day, that your nervous system really isn't your own to reset in the ways that maybe you would have before or you will maybe after they're grown. But right now it's like, the grief of not really feeling like your whole heart can be just like calm because you're always aware of what's going on for these other people. Mm. That's big. It's so big. And I appreciate actually so much as you even just pause to like be with kind of the bigness of it before jumping in. Cause again, it was a very unexpected question probably. Um, but it feels really connected to all these other pieces that we're talking about with like being with our kids and exactly who they are and that we don't get to choose that. 
And I think that we have some idea that we get to. And even if oh, it's yeah. not like we consciously think that, like I'd like to think I came into parenthood, you know, really wanting my kid to just be who he is. But then, of course, every, like every day, every hour, I'm shocking myself with realizing like, oh, I had an expectation for that. I had an expectation for who he was going to become based on something that lives inside of me. Yeah. And does it get to be okay to both work really hard not to put all of those projections onto him, but also to grieve that the journey isn't going to unfold the way that I wanted or hoped it to like, do both of those things get to be true and I still get to be a good parent. Exactly. Well, and that's why I feel so strongly about this idea of like, I want to truly get rid of the word parenting Mm. because to me it's so loaded and it's loaded with what exactly what you're talking about. It's not even a thought of like, I think I want it to go this way. It's so embedded. And that's what I mean by the paradigm shift. Like the paradigm, the worldview that was being held was they're a blank slate. You're the parent. You're making them who they are. You better do a good job or else you're going to be blamed for it. And that's nothing of what it is. It's you're bringing into the world or you're choosing to travel with this person. And they have to go through all of these phases of development to get to where they're operating with independence or interdependence. And you have no idea what their unfolding is going to look like. Like nobody's thinking that. I don't think, I've never met anyone, even my people in my graduate program who were having kids while we were studying this kind of stuff, I still think that we that every person walks into this with an unconscious idea of like how it'll go. And it so rarely goes that way because you're not getting a part of you. You're getting a whole different human. And the essence is a part of you because we're all of the same stuff. But the human could be like, the most unfamiliar human you could have ever imagined living with. I think and you that, don't even know. You oh don't my, even know. No. And the parents who are listening are like, yes, this child, this human that I'm with is wildly unfamiliar to me. Yes. And what I'm hearing you say so much is, of course they are. Can we like go with that instead of making a meaning out of that of, ooh, I must be doing this wrong? I'm interrupting the show real quick because if you happen to be a new listener, you might find yourself being a little overwhelmed by all this information. That makes total sense. I mean, there's like 150 episodes plus all the free resources that are available over my website. It's just a lot. So many folks have asked me, where do I start? So I created a separate podcast stream called 
start here. What I did is I took the 10 episodes that I want you to listen to first, and then I want you to listen to in this specific order, and I put them into a separate podcast stream so that you don't have to search for them. You can just press play and they'll play one after the other after the other. If you go to robingobel.com slash start here, you'll be able to get an invitation to subscribe. And then you'll be able to listen right in the same podcast app you're using right now. robingobel.com slash start here. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that's so well said. And that's my point to the, Mm. like, as clearly as it could be made is that these humans arrive to have the the unfolding that they have. And you are, yes, a part of it. And you're also along for their ride. And what you said earlier that I didn't touch on that I want to come back to is the more you open up to releasing yourself from like the responsibility or the blame on who they are and how they behave the more you do get to go in and really hold your own self and like then become even more unconditional and compassionate about you having the experiences you're having in relation to this human having their relationship. Like everybody gets compassion. Everybody, like the parents, especially like, wow. Like what is it to be doing something so wholeheartedly that you may not have ever chosen if you didn't, if you knew what you were about to get into. Like that's big. And it's okay for the answer to have to be like, no, I would never have chosen this. I agree. Right. Without a doubt. And And I hear that a lot. Like absolutely. And I don't know, there's just not possible for us to be compassionate with ourselves about that. If we can't hear loud and clear, it's okay for that to be true. It's okay to say never in a million years would I've ever chosen this. And I wish it didn't, hadn't gone this way. Totally. I wish it hadn't gone this way. And here we are. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I got to grieve the loss because that is, could be what it feels like. I can be mad about how hard it is. I can be uh, scared of where it's going to unfold into because uh, you don't know. You just don't know. And it, that's elite. That's like, I mean, I having some spiritual perspective, whether it's a religious practice or a meditation practice or some way of making sense of something that from the from the lens of being a human in our culture right now probably doesn't make a lot of sense. Like there's not a lot other than what you're offering and and a few other people, but that's still coming from a psychological perspective. But to me, 40,000, a hundred thousand, a million feet out, Mm -hmm. the perspective can only exist in more of a broader, like, what the F is this all about? Like, and, and finding ways to make sense of your own version of it. Like maybe that's some of what's the hardest part is like collapsing and exploding the walls of construct of what it means to be a parent is what is being asked of, of you all way differently than, than parents that don't have kids that have more reactive behaviors and things like that. 
I think it is. And I think, again, I don't, am I, and everyone listening knows I don't have a kid with really out of control behaviors. And so I, I can say what I'm about to say with a, you know, a whole lot of privilege in a way and some disconnect, but there's a way I think that it is such a, <laughs> the people listening will be like, whatever, Robin, but there is this way that it is such a privilege to be invited into this energetic space with other folks who have so much need to be held. Mm. And I get yeah. those of you listening that you just really rolled your eyes at me <laughs> and you're like, Robin, this does not feel like a privilege. And that's, that's okay. Maybe what is okay is for someone like me who isn't living a day in and day out, like not in that way to, yeah. to see it and hold it. Yeah. As a yeah. And maybe and that's more of is, it. and the acknowledgement of it. And, 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 I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think it really does require finding some ways of seeing it that fit for the person experiencing it that are beyond the typical, like, this is what it is to be a parent. This yeah. is what it looks like when kids are taught well. And, yeah. you know, like, what if, like, it's almost like you're in a different realm. Yeah. Like you're in a different sphere. And that's what I hear you saying about, it's like, it's a spiritual privilege in the sense of like, oh, wow, you got a big lifetime of like sorting, like you're being asked to go way higher than a lot of people who have it just sort of like whatever everybody, you know, like, and again, that's, that doesn't even do it justice, but like, that's the level of like, not, I mean, it's awe in like its fullest yeah. sense. It's not like awe in the like, oh, look, that's beautiful. It's like, oh, look at the humanity of that. Yes. Like, is yes. this really like, and maybe we will, I mean, in my perfect world, we'd evolve to a place where there's like teams that are circling around these, these parents because they need so the the system needs so much more fortification than you know maybe that human is like if in a in a tribe or in a place where there's more resource of actual humans and actual nervous systems to help regulate like what if that's where we're going to get to because of these parents that are forging it and we all start to wake up and go Oh my gosh, we can't leave these people out in the like this these are the people we need to give extra to. Mm. Because it's the it's the nervous system. It's the nervous system that is not able to fuel the amount of energy that it, one needs when their nervous system, right? Yeah. It's like how are we going to feed these humans so they have enough? Yeah, yeah, no, and I think about these kids and the energy they're bringing that makes perfect sense that we need to bring them more energy than what they're getting inside their families. Like the, the community care and, and how that feels so impossible to do. And we may remain like stuck inside these like beliefs about good parents, good kids, how kids are supposed to behave 
you know, while we remain stuck in these really kind of like siloed spaces, it's not even possible for, I love how you're, how like to shift to it looking like the, the energy that these kids don't just need that they deserve, right? That their being is saying, I deserve to be met in the world. Right. With this energy, who's going to bring it to me? Right. Right. Truly. Mm. Right. I mean, and maybe that is kind of where we're moving in it. I mean, who knows? But like, you don't enter, you don't join a sports team, but you join a club of like, like wildly energetic humans and you get to express yourself. And there's enough people are like, there's enough wholeness in the people who aren't parenting them that they can fray some of the weight of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like now I'm just dreaming, but Mm -hmm. I'm a dreamer. Like Mm -hmm. that's my thing. I don't, I don't, I want to envision like, I don't think we're going to get less of this. I think that we're just like the volume is getting turned up on how we operate in this planet and there's intense humans coming in. And when they're in smaller bodies, sometimes that can just like really look unbelievable. And you're wanting to figure out how do we help them? How do we help them learn how to be in this vessel? Um, And people just, I think people need more support around that. I mean, I'm not, I'm preaching to you in the choir and you're giving them that support, but it, it's getting me thinking of like, how do we need to reset this whole system? Yeah. (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. Right. And I look, when I look at what, why kids are behaving the way they're behaving, like for example, at school, when they're in so many circumstances getting just about the opposite of what they need. And it's like, well, their behavior makes absolute perfect sense given what's happening. And I know that can seem kind of trite. Like that's not actually a helpful thing to say. It doesn't change anything. It's Mm -hmm. helpful in that I think it changes our, the way that we're looking at it. And that's helpful. That's helpful even for my own like energetic presence. If I can shift you know, how I'm looking at it, that, that certainly changes things. But it's the first step. We have to look at it that way in order to do the next steps, which is like the kids are responding in a way that makes perfect sense given their histories mm-hmm. and given, um, and this is not a way I'm blaming parents in any way, shape or form. This is a bigger like social piece about mm-hmm. how we think people should behave, especially kid people who it's always so fascinating to me. We have the highest, most unreasonable expectations for the most vulnerable. Always. I agree. It's un, it doesn't even make sense. It scrambles my brain to even think about it. Yeah. It's, and it, it's, it's so contained. And when you understand how the nervous system works, that containment is, exactly the recipe for mm-hmm. explosion for yeah. many, many, yes. not even just some, many, Yes, many, many young humans are being 
stuffed in an environment where it just overwhelms them so much that, of course, when they get home, there's an explosion because that pressure cooker just held it down long enough for it to. So I wonder, well, I don't know. I have a million questions for you, but like, yeah. We'll have to have more conversations. I was just thinking that. I was like, well, hopefully this is the first of many more conversations because I feel the same way. Like, man, we could keep talking about this forever and ever. I don't need to know that we need to necessarily put it on the air, like every single thing. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we can muse behind (laughs) the scenes a little. Um, But I can, I am already just looking forward to the next time we get to talk and the next time I get to bring you to my people. I wasn't sure. I went into this interview with a lot of curiosity. Like, I wonder, you know, where this is, where this is going to go. And so grateful for Mm. it. So grateful Mm. to bring Mm. you to my people and to bring my people to you. Yeah. I would say it's one of my favorite conversations in a while. And Mm. I have a lot of conversations, but I feel like, Oh, something just opened. Like I really have a new sort of like curiosity about like, okay, how do we actually start to make changes in different ways? And honestly, I'm sure your community has all the answers because they're doing it. Like, I don't, you know, I want to hear from them. So if anybody hears this and you want to reach out, um, please like shoot me an email. It's just go to my website and like, send me a note because I have way more questions than I have answers, but I have like a giant heart full of love and compassion for the level of like engaging with humans that you're doing. And I've seen it. And if you're giving even just a little bit, it's like, you don't even understand how valuable that is. So if you screw up or you feel like you've screwed up 58 times, but the one time that you like catch yourself or you make that deeper connection or you pause and just like take in, like drink them in and really like see them for their isness and their essence beyond the behavior. You will not even believe how far that goes. That is what this is about. They're not looking for you to be able to meet them every second because you won't. But if you can just remember like, Right, right, right. You're your own person. And wow, I don't always feel like it's easy to be around you, but I sure, I sure do love you in this moment. Like that's what we're trying to get to are these little micro moments Mm -hmm. of like, right, right, right. Here I am. Here you are. Wow. Mm, Yes. I love that, that you just ended that way. Wow. And sometimes it's like, wow. Like, wow. <laughs> what? But like, there are these wow. moments where it can be just like, wow. And and then I would say, find people who reflect that back to you too. Right? Yeah. Parents listening absolutely. that we need people to see us that way. And that is one, I mean, that is probably one of my core hopes. And the the my community is called the club. And, you know, of course we're doing yeah. so much education, like how do we help these kids? But so much of at the core of what I've hoped to create is a space where parents can show up and and feel that energy being given to them. The awe, the like, wow, 
you're yeah. here. And I mean it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I hope people heard that because yeah. that is the real, like, that's what I'm getting at is like, wow, mm-hmm. you are, you are doing something extraordinary. Yeah. And wow. And so, I mean, it would be really, I feel like I would love sometime to chat with you about like the shame that might be there. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's something you ever go into, but that could be an interesting conversation. Like if there was one thing I would want to sort of wave a magic wand and give people like a lightening of is maybe any sort of shame that they've messed it up or that it's yeah. because of them yeah. or anything. And yep. really like, yep. what would it look be like to live beyond the shame that you might feel and you might not feel any of that? We talk about shame a lot and on the podcast and also in my community. So that sounds like a great thing for you and I to reconnect about in the future. Great. Mm. Thank you. Tell everybody where they can go find you. Just come on to my site. It's carryconti.com. And uh, you can listen to my podcast, Not Parenting, on any of the platforms. Um, and I have lots of free goodies. Um, my big thing is uh, thoughtful reminders and notes of love for being alive here and now. And so I haven't like created that specifically. But if you go to my website, there's some free downloads that you can get that that's what I'm doing. That's my intention is to convey, um, you know, like if I can just like lighten it for one millisecond, yeah. I, that, you know, I can't change it, but I, if I can add any perspective or a little bit of like, keep going, keep going, it's worth it. Like yep. that's what I'm trying to do. Well, this has just been a wonderful delight. So thank you for your time this afternoon. And I feel like this has been like a long time coming, like 20 years or so, (laughs) but it just, it feels like it was perfect. It was just the absolute perfect way to connect with you for the first time. So thank you. And oh, thank you for what you do in the world. It's so important. So thank you. I am like, really, I'm going to start like obsessing over what you're all about. Cause I'm so like, wow, this woman's amazing. Oh. So yes, you have a, a new like super fan. Uh, uh, well, I'm just so grateful to have finally met you. And I think about all the people that have like been a part of our connection over the years and all these people are coming to mind. And that's just been a really delightful thing to think about to you. So mm, thank you so yes. much, Carrie. Thank you. Thanks Robin. Are you ending this episode with maybe a big sigh of relief. Like, yes, finally, someone gets me and my kids. But also maybe a sense of like, okay, but now what? All right, y'all, I've got lots of possible now what's. If you want to connect with me directly, like pick my brain, have access to me almost every day, not to mention hundreds of other parents from around the world who totally get what it's like to be you, then you're going to want to join us in the club. We have monthly live events, including groups for siblings of dysregulated kids, a huge video library with something like 80 or 90 videos, plus transcripts and certificates of completion. Plus, of course, a very active forum that I'm participating in every single day. 
We open for new members periodically. So go check robingobel.com slash the club. If we aren't open now, you can put yourself on the waiting list and I'll let you know the moment we open for new members. That's robingobel.com slash the club. Now, if you're a professional and you want to strengthen your capacity to work with the families of kids with big baffling behaviors and vulnerable nervous systems, plus use all of my materials, including a 12-module course that follows raising kids with big baffling behaviors, plus be included in an online searchable directory so families all over the world could find you then you're looking for Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program that runs January through December. So you'll want to go to robingobel.com slash being with, read all about it. And if you're interested, put yourself on that waiting list too. Now, if you just maybe need a little extra connection and co-regulation, but don't feel like you need to join the club, then you can just keep listening to my podcast. Or you could go subscribe to my Start Here podcast, and that'll give you 10 episodes in order that will take you through cultivating a great foundation of parenting with regulation, connection, and felt safety. That's at robingobel.com slash start here. You have to go there. You can't just find it in your podcast app. Or you can get yourself a copy of Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, paper book, audio book, ebook. You can get that anywhere books are sold. Or you can just head to my website, download one of my very many free resources. I keep them all really easy to access at robingobel.com slash free resources. Webinars, masterclasses, ebooks, infographics, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out. See what of those things could be supportive of you or maybe to the other adults in your life who are helping support you and your child. There are just so many ways that you and I could be more connected and you can get the amount of co-regulation and support that you need. If it feels like a lot to remember, all you have to do is go to robingobel.com and take your time clicking around, seeing what I got there. I am so, so glad you and I are connected now and I can't wait to be with you again soon in our next episode of The Baffling Behavior Show. Bye-bye, y'all.